Welcome to the Wealthy Circle Podcast, where we take a deeper dive into this year's finalists and winners from our wealthmanagement.com 2020 Industry Awards. These interviews cover the challenges, innovations, and trends in the wealth management industry and the individuals working to help advisors better help their clients. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wealthies Podcast. I'm David Armstrong, the Executive Director of Content for WealthManagement.com. And this is the podcast where we speak to the finalists and winners of our WealthManagement.com Industry Awards. As you know, these are the awards that recognize the efforts and initiatives of firms that help financial advisors build better businesses and better serve their clients. And joining me today is David Noak. David is the CEO of DocuBase. David, thanks very much for joining us. David, thanks very much. I appreciate it. Excited to be here. Yeah, it was great. Uh, uh, we appreciate it as well. Uh, first of all, why don't you tell me where you're calling in from and, and what life looks like now in uh, this uh, late part of December from where you're, you're sitting? Ah, yes. I'm calling in from uh, Dallas, Texas. Um, so it is gray and 39 here uh, in Dallas, Texas. So um, not quite snow and not quite nice weather either. Yeah, but cold for Texas for sure. That's uh you know, I think the DocuBase was recognized this year by the judges for the Reg BI uh, tracker that uh, you guys developed. Uh, before we start talking about that, maybe do you want to just take a step back? I think for those very few in our audience who maybe aren't familiar with DocuBase, do you want to just tell our audience, you know, uh, how you describe DocuBase and, and what you do for the industry? Yeah, I'd love to. That would be great. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the opportunity. So, DocuPace is a nearly twenty year old company, founded in two thousand two. So, nineteen year old company. Um, we're the leading provider of comprehensive solutions for digitizing and automating front to back office wealth management operations, and we do that for the broker dealer community, banking community. Um, the insurance uh, and insurance affiliated broker dealer market, financial advisors, and more. You know, DocuPace has a number of sort of core capabilities. Um, we, you know, we we will take clients from the point of, or take documents and data from the point of prospect conversion. So think integration with the CRM when that prospect client says yes and wants to become a real client. So we take their documents and data from the point of conversion, all the way through the new account opening process, all the data gathering, we digitize the forms, we get all the data together, we send those digital, send those data and documents through robust workflow processes. Um, We do all the document management, we integrate all those documents and data with all the various third parties that need them and ultimately leave all those documents and data at rest in a secure SEC compliant document storage facility. So we we like to think of ourselves as the spine of enterprise back offices, um, and it's a really exciting role to play. So we're uh, we're happy about the good work we do, and love to tell you more about where we think uh, operations is going to go over the next decade. Yeah, well, let's let, we'll, we'll talk about that. But first, tell me a little bit about the Reg BI tool that the uh, uh, judges recognized you for at this year's awards. Um, what problem did you see there? I mean, obviously, Reg BI, everyone knows uh, an issue of compliance. Uh, how did you think you could help uh, advisors tackle that problem? Yeah, no, that's great. Um, yeah, our Reg BI solution is new new solution for us this year, specifically designed to help you know, uh, firms, particularly the independent broker dealer community, but independent, you know, anybody really, frankly, meet the implementation challenges of Reg BI by June 30th. You know, there's been studies done. I mean, Deloitte did a great one um, in partnership with SIFMA, really talking about the implementation challenges that firms are going to be facing when trying to deal with Reg BI. And, you know, the, the most challenging of those implementation challenges was 
form CRS development and delivery. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you go down that list, you know, the second biggest was care obligation. Third biggest was the disclosure obligation. You know, when, when you looked at the most uplift required, right? So how much you know, sort of forward looking, how much work was going to need to be done? And once again, that form CRS and document or form CRS development and delivery, you know, that ended up being the most uplift required and that disclosure obligation ended up being third most again, right? So challenging and a lot of work to do to get it done, most uplift required. We thought it would be a great opportunity for us to be able to solve that for the financial services industry and really give them a scalable automated solution to deal with form CRS compliance specifically. And not only that, give these firms a, a solution that could really end up being bigger than form CRS delivery or reg BI implementation, but actually move into over time, a full fulfillment and customer communication platform um, and solve compliance needs for uh, a lot of other regulatory communications and client communications as well. And are those later uh, uh, examples that you just mentioned on the on the roadmap for going forward for DocuPace? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it is a it is a fulfillment platform for us. We're actually working on a couple interesting projects. Actually, bring together the the major core capabilities of DocuPace into some integrated to an integrated whole. So, if I go back to that back office spine, that's what probably most people know DocuPace for, right? Document management, workflow, onboarding, storage. We are also the third, or sorry, the largest provider um, of automated or digitized automated financial advisor transitions in the financial services industry. Mm. And then we've got this fulfillment platform we've just created. And if you think about bringing all those together, I think DocuPace is in a great position to be able to help firms really scale M&A activity, large scale onboarding, to be able to help clearing firms and others deal with bringing clients on, to be able to help firms you know, deal with transitioning large types of business. So think um, moving directly held business on the custodial platforms and the like. So we think between fulfillment, onboarding, workflow, a lot of the work we're doing at scale, we think we've got a real opportunity to bring those together into some new and interesting solutions for the industry. And we're actually working with some partners on some of that work right now. Great, great. And we'll talk about some of that. I, the the Reg BI stuff is interesting to me because it does fall squarely into the document management wheelhouse, right? I mean, it is disclosures, Absolutely. it is documents, it's uh, you know making sure clients are seeing these things and signing off on them, sending them back. This is document management. And, and from your perspective, how did you how did the industry handle the rollout of Reg BI? It was a, uh, you know, I know there was a, some talk there for a while <laughs> that uh, because of the pandemic, right? People wanted to postpone the, that June thirtieth deadline. You know, thought maybe give firms a little bit more time to to get their acts together. Uh, because they weren't able to meet in person and, and do some of the stuff that maybe they needed to do. From your perspective, uh, how did the industry do with the rollout of the, the Reg BI deadline? Yeah, I mean, I think the industry got a solid B, I guess is probably the best way to describe it. Um, I think the regulators would probably you know, agree with that as well. I mean, generally, the regulators were sort of pleased with how the industry had responded to the rollout of of, uh, of Reg BI, although not necessarily thought the industry did it perfectly. You know, from our standpoint, you know, what we saw was, you know, a number of firms who wanted to, who went ahead and, you know, adopted our solution. I mean, certainly know there are other capabilities out in the market that are, you know, that are interesting as well. My, our friends over at uh, Risklize, I know you talked to Aaron recently, they've got a mm -hmm. solution out there as well. So I think a lot of firms ended up reaching out to partners like DocuPace to try to help solve the need. We, you know, implemented more than two dozen you know, installations of our, our, our tracker BI solution. 
I think the rest of the firms out in the market focused a little bit more on trying to hit the good faith compliance standard that the uh, that the SEC had put out, right? So you don't necessarily have to be fully operational um, under Reg BI, but you need to have put forward forth good faith compliance. So rather than roll the date forward, they just said, we'll be a little bit kinder to you um, on your compliance efforts. So what we're seeing now is the firms who try to do some of the work internally um, to be able to at least get their good faith efforts towards compliance underway and be able to meet the expectations of the SEC they're now coming back from their learned experience internally and looking for opportunities to do more around automation. I mean, it is a, you know, for many firms, especially if you're trying to do it internally, it's an expensive implementation. I mean, Deloitte looked at, you know, what the median spend on Reg BI implementation was going to be. And it was you know, a little over 3 million, about three and a quarter million dollars per firm, which is mm. significant. And I can assure anybody listening to this um, that implementing DocuPace's Trekker BI solution is not a three and a quarter million dollar <laughs> solution. It's far more affordable than that. Um, but, you know, some of the nice things about our, our Tracker BI solution actually sort of rest in the nuance, um, the things that you know I think firms may not think about right away. So let me give you an example. Um, you know, our Tracker BI solution can can send form CRS to clients in basically the three main ways that you'd want to communicate with a client, um, at least for getting a document transmitted. So one is in person, so the clients can actually do it um, and approve things and actually get it certified right on the screen itself. Second one is electronically, right? So we can have an electronic signature, you know, electronically signed and certify the signature. And the last one is through, you know, regular mail submission of it. And the neat thing about our solution, again, this goes down to the nuance. If, a, if we send a, a form CRS to a client to their email address and the client never opens and looks at the email, the system can then, after a period of time, send form CRS to the client by mail. So that way we can certify that the document had actually been delivered, right? So, you know, a lot of this stuff comes down to the nuance of trying to make sure that compliance is as perfect as the regulators would expect. And, you know, our technology goes a long way and has solved for some of those challenges and to do it in sort of simple and elegant way that doesn't take um, excess time from financial advisors that are clients. So we're uh, yeah, that's interesting. So, so you you track uh, if you, if you send a document electronically, you track whether or not it was seen by the client. And Everything. if it was not, uh, then maybe there's a process that gets kicked off for maybe sending it again, or or you know sending it maybe in a different form, or eventually then sending it through physical means. That's exactly right. I mean, we we will make sure that form CRS gets delivered and the firm's compliance obligation gets met and that, you know, all of the efforts of compliance are all tracked in detail um, so that, you know, the firm can prove to the SEC that it's complying with form CRS delivery and, you know, the, the compliance departments inside of our enterprise customers can see that their financial advisors are sending the documents out and um, it's great. I mean, we can do it in a mobile environment so you could have met with a client and, you know, send off a form CRS immediately after the meeting, just essentially by putting in a few pieces of data or getting it from your CRM and sending it off to the client. You can do it from a desktop. I mean, it's it's a pretty, we, we've tried to focus on making this be as effortless as possible for financial advisors, just knowing how much work they have to do. Sure. Um, just making sure that we are uh, as light of a touch as we can be. Yeah, yeah. And this, this might be a stupid question, but I'm free to ask stupid questions. So, uh, <laughs> it's your podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, 
you know, the, certainly DocuBase helps facilitate the, the pipes and the delivery and the mechanics of Form CRS. I think a lot of advisors also struggled with the content of Form CRS. Was that anything that you guys touched at all or, or had some advice for advisors on, on best practices around uh, how to actually write these things? Um, we, we can, but we, you know, we, we want to be careful. We don't want to be yeah. a substitute for compliance. So we certainly are industry participants and can bring the, you know, the, the best practices of a bunch of firms together. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back to, you know, how do we do in implementing Reg BI, this is actually one of the things that the SEC has commented on was that, you know, right now form CRS still looks a little bit too templatized across the industry um, and not quite personalized enough. So I think, you know, over time, they'll become a little bit more personalized that firms will work with their own compliance department or compliance consultants. And there are great ones in the industry, you know, to make sure the forms are personalized. And you know, we can offer a little bit of advice there, but it's not it is not the core offering. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so tell me then a little bit broader uh, with uh, DocuPace and what you're working on now going forward. Um, you know, I think one of the things that we talk about in the industry a lot, when we talk about mergers and acquisitions, and there certainly is a lot of that going on. Uh, the pandemic didn't slow any of that down. No, uh, not at all. Uh, you know, scale is important. Firms are coming together, getting larger, uh, getting more corporatized, more, uh, you know, enterprise type operations. Uh, one of the things that advisors uh, always complain about is this notion of, well, repapering. I got to repaper my practice. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, and, and so tell me a little bit about what you guys are seeing on your end of this fence uh, in, in that regard and how you guys can maybe help out. Yeah, so I'll give you a couple answers. I mean, one, as I mentioned earlier, we're, we're the largest provider of digitized and automated financial advisor transitions in the US. So our um, our, uh, our transition or advisor transitions platform is used by you know, a significant portion of the top 50 IBDs. Um, and we're, we're basically allowing- you Give us some of those names. I mean, is, is, I think Cetera is a, a client. Is... Mm -hmm. That's correct. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, you, you'd have a, you know, probably a one in two chance of any name right. you throw being a customer of ours. I mean, we, we've got- Names six, we all know. Yeah, I mean, 60% of the top 50 IBDs are DocuPace clients, yeah. and, and yeah. many of them are, are utilizing this solution. Um, but but our, our team basically takes the heavy lifting, um, as well as some of the regulatory concerns, um, away from the IBDs and financial advisor transition. So with customer permission, we're actually um, taking the data and getting the, the paperwork ready for signature and pending it until the financial advisor um, it, it becomes licensed at the new firm. So we do all this with customer permission because we have to from a, um, a Reg SP standpoint, but it takes a lot of that repapering lift at least away from the advisors and gets your documents and data in signature ready form for clients to be able to rapidly either e-sign or physically sign them depending on the preference of the financial advisor or the client. You know, some of the things that we're working on, I mean, you're talking about, you know, the continued M&A activity. This goes back to that other conversation we were having uh, around, you know, our how we're trying to scale M&A activity. I actually think between fulfillment all of our paperwork readiness at transition, and then all of our new account opening, all of our APIs, all of our workflows, all of our integrations. I think we actually, we, we haven't done this yet. We've got, as I mentioned, a couple of projects underway. I actually think we can provide tremendous scale for the wealth management profession as it goes through some of this M&A activity. So we can take a lot of this burden 
um, out of the hands of the acquiring firm or even the firm being acquired, we can take a lot of that work out of their hands and automate and offload a lot of that repapering activity. Um, so again, we're working on a couple of projects there. It's um, ultimately the, every one of these mergers and acquisitions are sort of a custom um, implementation, right? No, no two look exactly alike. So a nice thing is we've got a pretty robust professional services organization that's used to customizing DocuPace to meet the needs of clients. Um, so anyway, it's uh, there's some exciting work. It's some of it is a little too early to talk about, um, but you know, we'll, we'll, uh, I suspect in the next couple, you know, next couple quarters, you might see uh, some interesting new announcements from us uh, on capabilities and things we've done to help. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. Let me see this. Is there a point where you see? Well, first of all, let me ask you this: In your view, has the pace of M and A truly increased over the past year, couple of years in this industry? How how do you see it? You know, we hear a lot about uh, you know the pace of M and A is increasing. Uh, give us your perspective on how you might characterize that. Yeah, I mean, in the IB, so we'll divide the market into two, I guess, and that's probably not appropriate, but you know, I'll, it's either an oversimplification or an undersimplification, depending on your perspective, but I'll do it anyway. You know, in the IBD, independent broker dealer space, yep. I think in the IBD space, the challenge is that, you know, there are less and less mid size, high quality independent broker dealers to merge in. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was actually the, the, you know, the situation we were in, I, you know, I was the former president of First Global. We sold mm-hmm. our business to, um, to, uh, to Blue Cora, who merged us with HDVest to create the Avantax brand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say, you know, there, there aren't a lot of firms that looked quite like us left in the marketplace for M&A activity. And it's not to say it'll slow down, but I do think that begins to change where the smaller firms, um, the M&A for those smaller firms looks different. They become and you've already seen this, they become OSJs um, for larger firms um, mm-hmm. or larger firms transition ownership. Um, but there's just not as much, I think as much opportunity going forward there. There'll be consolidation and specialization. And I think the mid-sized firms are gonna continue to be challenged. In the RAA space, I do think the M&A activity in the RAA market's gonna continue to be you know, pretty heavy. It's, a, it's an extremely fractured market, at least compared to the IBD marketplace, but 17,000 RIAs um, and are really only a very small number are the very largest. So I do think that, you know, as the smaller RIA tries to compete with the bigger RIA or the IBD for the economies of scale those firms have, I do think they're going to need to band together in new and interesting ways. And, you know, organizations like XYPN help facilitate that. Uh, they, again, they allow them to, you know, act bigger and more powerful than they might be if they were on their own. And there's just going to clearly be an opportunity for some of those smaller mid-sized firms to consolidate together or continue to sell into the larger firms and help them grow. So I think just given how fractured the RIA marketplace is, you're going to see a ton of M&A activity there for a long time to come still yet, I think. And so when you're, as a, as a business leader, looking out over the future and kind of drawing your roadmaps, are you seeing more inroads into the RIA space? Do you anticipate doing more with RIAs? Yeah, so so we don't do really do any meaningful work with RIAs today, and frankly, that's you know our largest strategic initiative for twenty twenty one is to be able to provide the RIA community with all of the same operational benefits that the enterprise you know IBDs and insurance broker dealers um, receive. Right, so this trend, the it's not a trend, I guess, the continued focus on self authoring in the financial services industry. So this is 
W-2 advisors, employee advisors going independent, it's independent advisors dropping their Series 7 and you know, starting their own registered investment advisors. That, that self-authoring trend is something that you can either try to block. So you can say, hey, you should, you know, you should stick with larger firms. You shouldn't try to go self-authoring yet. Um, or it's a trend that you can try to harness. And I actually think that DocuPace has got the ability to be able to allow those who are self-authoring to get all of the scale benefits of being a larger firm without having to give up on any of those self-authoring tendencies. So for example, we can give an RIA that uses four custodians, the customer and back office experience that they would have if they had a single custodian. So it isn't either or, right? It isn't consolidate and scale. Um, It can be diversify and scale and will be the party that helps them maintain that, in this case, custodial diversification and still get all the scale benefits that a firm like that deserves. So we're, we're doing a lot of work right now to be really smart about our ability to help the marketplace. From our standpoint, this is something that we believe in. It's not a marketing or a sales strategy for us. Um, we're doing some serious work right now to make sure that as we offer DocuPay solutions to the RAA community, we're doing it in a serious and meaningful way, something that will make a big difference to how they meet the needs of their clients and how they grow their business over time. So we're really excited about where that'll take us. Um, it's been a big focus of the organization since I got here. Um, and we're, uh, we're, we're, re- we're getting ready to, to make a, you know, a grand unveiling perhaps to the industry um, about some of the cool stuff we're doing to help the RIA community. Yeah. And when is that, is that when is that going to happen? Are you going to let us know? What can we, uh, um, so my, you know, my, my hope is late Q1, early Q2. That's the, that's the goal here right now. So we've, uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're excited about where we're going to be going. So that's great. Okay, great. Um, tell me a little bit about your personal journey. You were at, uh, uh first global, uh, for a while. What attracted you then to, after that whole merger, uh, HGVest and Avantax, what attracted you to the tech area? of the industry? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll give you a couple answers to this. I'll give you sort of, yeah, I'll give you maybe two or three answers to it. So first is, I guess I'd probably say that I could r- rival many of my uh, former president and CEO colleagues and my ability to understand technology, m- much to the chagrin of my you know, former engineering and technology team. You know, <laughs> I, I, I know how to write SQL code. I knew all of our database structure. I mean, I'm, I probably know more about technology than the than the probably average person who was doing a role like mine. So I've always kind of had a love for technology. My uh, very, very unusual for the leader of a broker dealer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Um, you know, my, my wife's a former software engineer, right? So it's definitely something that at least has got a, a close place in my heart. Um, but, you know, from a business standpoint, a couple of things. One is um, First Global was a DocuPace client for a decade. Um, so, you know, we, we got to see firsthand the real benefit DocuPace technology had on our ability to serve financial advisors. We, you know, we took advisor satisfaction with in partnership with DocuPace and some you know internal restructuring that we did. We took our our advisor satisfaction with the back office to a little over ninety seven percent, which is huge. Um, and we were opening accounts in hours, not days. Um, just all as a result of really focusing on getting the technology to work well for us. And then creating the optimal organizational structure that would support that kind of success. We organized ourselves around our financial advisors and how they worked, um, as opposed to how we wanted to work in our own internal processes. Um, 
so I, I had seen the the potential that was there and I was excited about the opportunity to be able to offer that to the marketplace, uh, you know, be a, a partner to DocuPace or part of DocuPace and bring that to more firms. Um, you know, I have also known FTV Capital, who's our you know, main investor. I've known FTV Capital for a long time. They know the space well. They're amongst the most human-centric, um, you know, inv professional investors you'll find in the marketplace. So I, I was excited to, to be partners with them on this journey as well. The thing that is, you know, probably, you know, significantly interesting on a go-forward basis is that, I don't know, we could debate this, but at least for the past 10 years, the majority of investment um, at least in you know financial advisor technology has been um, for the financial advisor experience, for the customer experience, right? The front office facing capabilities. Um, the back office capabilities have not really received the same type of investment. So you've got a great customer and financial advisor experience on the front end, but the people in the back office aren't really um, getting the same kind of benefits. We haven't had the same investment in those people. And you know, from my perspective, it, for financial planning to really, really work as well as financial, advisor want, financial advisors want it to work, it needs to be more than a great plan. It needs to be a great plan well executed. I've always believed that operations are the other side of the sales coin and that without a really effortless operations experience, customers won't have the enjoyment and excitement to come back and have an experience with that financial that financial advisor or that firm again, right? Our goal at First Global was to make business fun, easy and profitable for financial advisors and operations are a huge part of that. So from my perspective, I see creating this really great operations experience for customers. I really see that as the next place for competition in the financial services industry. I think yeah, that the leaders of operations are going to kind of be the heroes of the next decade, if you will. Well, that's interesting because I, this jives with conversations I've had with other people too, is particularly when you think about the difficulty that this industry has attracting new talent into it. Uh, you know, I think a lot of financial advisory firms would, you know, bring in some younger uh, uh, potential recruits. Uh, and these are kids who have, you know, grown up in a digital world. Uh, and then they see the operations, I'm not talking about the client facing operations, but they see the back office operations and the state of, of that at many financial advisory firms have probably turned some of those kids off. Would you, wouldn't you agree? Oh, well, absolutely, right? I mean, there's paper, there's non-integrated systems. I mean, it's, you know, it's basically everything that, you know, these younger people probably think of as the way their parents did work, <laughs> not the mm -hmm. way that they should be working. And, and you know, we, we can solve for that. And we, we, we like solving for that. We get excited about solving for that and creating these uniform experiences. Um, you know, one of the things that we will work on, it's on our roadmap for 2021, is you know, we're going to try to revolutionize back offices by focusing on high quality, transparent, real-time reporting. So imagine if you will, you've probably seen a call center, phone call center in operation. You know, there's TV monitors that are telling you about call handle times and where there are bottlenecks in the process and how long calls are waiting for. And right, we're, we'll, we'll build that for the operations as well. So they can have the same type of real-time visibility to what's happening in their back office. But DocuPace has 90,000 financial advisors registered to use the system. That's a quarter of America's financial advisors are registered as DocuPace users. We, we have the ability to be able to create real-time benchmarking for 
back offices. So they know not just how they're performing, but how they're performing against the rest of the financial services industry. Mm. And when we do that, we create competition for service. When we create competition for service, who wins? Clients win, right? Because when firms are incentivized to make sure that their error rates are lower and their accounts are set up faster and the process is easier, customers are the beneficiaries of it. Um, And I'm excited to be able to play a role, we hope, in being able to create um, competition for quality back offices, not just payout grids or product shelves. So it's it's exciting work that we're embarked on, and that's our uh, it's a significant part of our 2021 plans as well. So this would act as kind of a business intelligence tool that uh, uh, your clients could use. Yes, uh, and, and specifically focused on back office performance. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to think about it, yes. Oh, that's fascinating. And anything else out there that uh, is on the horizon for, for you or the industry or where, you know, the pain points that you see that maybe aren't as uh, uh, explicit right now, but you see them on the horizon that uh, you might be working on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll give you a, I'll give you a couple answers to that. Uh, maybe I'll give you, maybe I'll give you three. So, some things that are that are part of the road ahead for DocuPace. First is I, I described DocuPace's, you know, playing a role in this spine of the back office, right? Um, but when you hear us describe ourselves, as I did at the beginning, we describe ourselves as a, the you know, leading provider of comprehensive solutions for digitizing and automating front-to-back office wealth management operations. Well, the reality is we're only digitizing and automating part of the front-to-back office wealth management operations. So you'll see us start to focus in 2021 and beyond on how we can play a more meaningful role, whether through partnerships or integrations with other core back office capabilities so that that experience is much more robust than it might be today. And it's not to say that we don't have API connections with compliance solutions or advisor compensation providers, or, uh, but, but we, we can go deeper and we can do more. So that's a big focus for us is to try to really make sure that as we speak broadly about the ability to improve back offices, we aren't acting narrowly. So we'll, we're gonna do some, what we think will be some significant work there. The other thing, which is sort of an opportunity for us to champion something in the industry, because our technology actually does this, is to really help the financial services industry move towards true formless processing. Today, we are moving documents and data, not data. And we really should be moving data. Customers should be uh, digitally signing, not electronically signing, right? We should have an authentication that goes along with a data set, not a digital image of a signature, right? Not digital images of forms, but the data themselves. Now our technology can handle all this fine. The reality is the industry itself is still very attached to um, forms being transmitted. I'll give you a silly example, which is, which I hate and you'll hate hearing it. Um, There are far too many cases where we take data we turn data into documents, and then we fax the document to its end resting place. Now it all happens automatically. A financial advisor doesn't have to worry about any of that, but you go from data to an image of a form to a fax transmission. We can do better than that in the financial services industry. That's how far away we are from formless processing. And I think we need as an industry to focus on the client experience that comes out of true formless processing. And it's gonna require distribution partners and custodians and product manufacturers and everyone to come together and sort of really see this as an opportunity to do more for clients. Yeah, um, no, for sure. Go ahead. 
And the last thing is, you know, DocuPace is an opportunity to, to really give clients more ability to work on DocuPace as a platform. So we're in transition from DocuPace as a professional services engagement to DocuPace as a technology product to DocuPace as a technology platform where firms can customize their own implementation, where engineers can write to our platform. Um, we really see that as being a key part of the evolution of DocuPace as well. So um, we, you know, we'll, we'll lay the groundwork for that. That won't be a vision fully realized in 2021, but we will lay the groundwork um, for being able to create, be able to have DocuPace be looked at as a platform and less as a professional services engagement or a product. Yeah, well, I mean that's fascinating because a lot of the stuff does start as as data first, right? And yeah, and then we we tend to put it into you know, PDF forms or something and shoot those around and and have to extract the numbers from the PDF form and put them into something else. It is interesting me that you know if you're successful at this, we won't have a document management category anymore. We'll have a data management category, right? That's exactly right. I mean, I I would love nothing more than there to be no need for document management in the financial services industry. I mean, it is from a technology standpoint, there's no need for documents anymore. No, no, no technology provider today is relying on them. We're, we're, you know, putting expense into taking data and putting it into documents. Um, right today, DocuPace gathers data from customers. Um, you know, our DocuPace start platform is a fully wizard-like customer onboarding experience that only fills out forms because some recipient needs the form, not because we want to actually create it and transmit it. So yeah, that's a, it would be a great day when we achieve this outcome. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fantastic, uh, and I, I would look forward to sunsetting the category of document management and, and <laughs> adding a category of data management, and uh, and I hope you guys will be right there. Uh, we will be us. there with you. Okay, David, this has been great. We are at the half hour; we're out of time. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, David. I appreciate it. this. Was a great conversation. Look forward to our next one. Yeah, me too. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I'm David Armstrong. Hoping you have a great day, and that you'll join us next time on the Wealthies Podcast. This content has been made for information and educational purposes only. The views and opinions represent the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of wealthmanagement.com.